Welcome back to the Adam Schefter podcast, the final podcast before we, like the rest of the NFL, shut it down for a few weeks until mid-July when training camps will get ready to resume. NFL teams are away. This is the quietest time of the NFL year. And while there are still some NFL storylines that linger out there that we'll get into today, this really is the time that teams force themselves to take a break. And while they do, we will begin to ramp up for the coming week's fantasy drafts. Fantasy football has become enormously popular. It helps drive the popularity of football and to help give people some insights, some perspective. We will be joined today by Mike Clay. He's the fantasy football analyst for ESPN after previously working with PFF and NBC, and he has been on the forefront in bringing innovative stats and data to the fantasy industry now for over a decade. He's got an 80-page 2023 NFL projection guide, which is must-read. It's now live and available for everybody to check out. You can find it on his Twitter page, Mike Clay, and he does a great job for ESPN, and he'll be sharing today players he is targeting, players he is avoiding, and some sleepers for everybody to have on their radar when they do their fantasy drafts. We'll also be joined by perhaps the most notable free agent out there, Dalvin Cook. Cook was a second-round draft pick out of Florida State in 2017, spent six years with the Minnesota Vikings where he racked up over 7,700 total yards and made the Pro Bowl in each of the last four years. He was released in early June and is now a free agent for the very first time time in his career and he's got teams calling they were calling as we were recording a conversation with him today so he's got interest he's going to have offers and we'll see ultimately where he does wind up if we're going to gather together a list of teams that make sense for him I'll tell you a team that makes sense in my opinion just my opinion that makes sense for Dalvin Cook moving forward that would be the New York Jets they have Brees Hall coming off a torn ACL. I don't know if he's going to be full go as this season gets underway, but their schedule is unforgiving. They open the season with the Bills on Monday night, play the Dallas Cowboys, the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Broncos, and then the Eagles. It's a murderous start of the season for the Jets. They're going to need help in the running game. Wouldn't a guy like Dalvin Cook make some sense for the New York Jets as we record this today on Monday, June 19th. I don't know what level of interest the Jets have. I know there are other teams that are interested. We've heard a lot about the Miami Dolphins, but it wouldn't surprise me if he stayed in the AFC East because there are other teams there that could use his services. We'll see what he ultimately decides to do, where he chooses to go, but Dalvin Cook is still out there. DeAndre Hopkins is still out there. And we even asked Dalvin Cook about the idea of him playing with DeAndre Hopkins. And he had a very interesting answer that we will get to. But first, we're going to turn it back to fantasy football because of its importance in the football world and because how much people care about it. I love it. Other people love it. And we're going to be immersing ourselves in the study of which players are going to hit and miss this year. So we are ready for our upcoming fantasy football drafts. And to help us get ready, we now turn to ESPN's fantasy football guru, Mike Clay. All right, Mike, we are about to head on podcast hiatus here for a few weeks, and we are also entering into what I think is 
primetime season for fantasy football. So, to combine those two together, before we went on our break, we figured we would get you on to give us some fantasy football food for thought to think about while we're on our little break here before training camps kick back up again about some players you're targeting this year and some players you're avoiding this year. So let's start with some of the guys that you like out of the box, guys that perhaps you've loaded up on on best ball drafts, guys you'll be targeting in your own fantasy football drafts, certain guys that already appeal to you, knowing, of course, that it's value-based and sometimes guys slide to you and sometimes they don't. But if guys, all things are equal, if they're there, you are interested in having them on your 2023 fantasy football team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Certainly, there's some players that have emerged so far that are on my, my uh, essentially my love list, right? So far, guys that yeah. I've been drafting a lot. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the the best place to start probably is Bijan Robinson, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of question marks there. Can you really justify spending a first-round pick on him? And I'll tell you what, Adam, if I'm on the clock in the first round, I'm probably taking Bijan. I mean, there's, you know, I, I like Justin Jefferson and Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. You have those guys ahead. But in the middle of that first round, I'll take him. I'll take him. I'm not afraid to do it. And the reason is pretty simple. I mean, on top of the talent here, he was a top 10 pick. We know he's going to be a feature part of this Atlanta offense. You know, a lot of people are going to say, well, he's never played it down in the NFL. How can I spend a first round fantasy yeah. pick on a guy like that? But here's the thing. There's been six running backs drafted in the top 10 since 2011. They were all top 15 in fantasy points per game. They were all top 12 in fantasy points. They, three of the three of them were top five as rookies. These guys that are drafted that early get the rock a ton in the passing game and the running game. They've been really productive. So that lack of experience doesn't scare me at all, right? This is going to be a run-heavy offense. He's going to be a feature target. So I love it if I can get my hands uh, on Bijan, too. Um, wait, 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 but, but before you even go into your other guys... I just want to respond on Bijan. Okay. Number one, to me, when you're going in the first round, you're going a known commodity, safety, somebody that you know you believe in. And while Bijan Robinson might be a great player, probably will be a great player, I'm not questioning that, we don't know exactly what he's going to give us in that system in his rookie year. We just don't know. And you're saying that the last six backs taken in the top ten picks, I think was the stat you gave. I remember talking to one GM before the draft, who said, Bijan's really good. He's really good. He's not as good as McCaffrey coming out. He's not as good as Zeke coming out. He's not as good as some of these other backs taken in the top 10. Now, I don't know what we're going to see from Bijan. I'm just giving you a counter-argument to your I'm taking Bijan in the first round argument if he's there later on in the first round. Yeah, and that's interesting because, you know, a lot of the pre-draft talk was that he's the best running back prospect since someone like Saquon Barkley, who is obviously, I mean, he was the number one scoring uh, fantasy running back on a points-per-game basis in his rookie year. So, uh, you know, I, I I get that. I You know, I think that is the main thing you could pick apart on him is the fact that we haven't seen him. We don't know for sure what he's going to look like in the pros, but you can do that for all these other running backs, right? You can pick apart Austin Eckler because he's 28. You can say Christian McCaffrey split carries with Elijah Mitchell last season when he got to San Francisco, and they have a lot of mouths to feed, not to mention the question marks at quarterback. You can pick apart Jonathan Taylor after what happened last season. It's going to be a run-heavy offense, but a lot of the goal line work is going to go to Anthony Richardson. Saquon, you can pick apart. Derrick Henry's 29. I could go on and on, right? So uh, I think you you could pick apart, you know, pick apart all these guys a little bit. 
I think Bijan certainly justifies, you know, middle of the first round. Okay, so who else? Give us some other names on the Mike Clay love list of guys you're targeting. All right, so I'll kick it to wide receiver because one of my favorite breakout players uh, is Christian Watson. I mean, wow. the second, yeah, second, second half last season, he was a top 10 scoring fantasy receiver. And look, I, they were leaning on the run more. So the, the targets didn't look great in terms of overall target volume, but the target share was very high. And he, and he was really good. I mean, look, you could say, all right, he scored nine touchdowns. He had all that touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And maybe that's not sustainable, but how about yards per catch, yards per target? Yards after the catch, yards per hour, all the efficiency stats. He was elite in those categories, like all of them. Uh, he looks like the real deal. And and you might say, okay, Aaron Rodgers is out. Right. Jordan Love is in. That's a concern for me. I get that. But also, they're probably going to be trailing more. It's going to mean more throwing Correct. of the football. And also, they manufacture touches for him. He had two rushing touchdowns on seven carries down the stretch last season. So I think he's the real deal. There's a reason they traded all them picks and moved up in round two last year. He was almost a first-round pick to get their hands on who what was considered a little bit older, but a raw prospect. So I love what I saw of him, and, and he doesn't have that much competition. He's my favorite target at wide receiver. If you can get him as your number two, especially as your number three, you're going to be sitting really pretty, I think. Interesting. I did a draft this past weekend, and we got to a certain point. I'm trying to think. It was a third or fourth round, 12 teams. I took Christian Watson. I took Christian Watson before we had there this we conversation. Go. And the fact that you just mentioned his name makes me feel good about that pick. Because I made the pick, and I'm like, ooh, that's a little bit of a dart throw. We don't know what we're going to get there. Now I happen to like and believe in Jordan Love. I don't know that I like and believe in him as much as his cornerback Jair Alexander does, who he called the best <laughs> quarterback in all of football already, which is quite a statement. But I like Jordan Love, and I think he's got a real chance to be a really good quarterback. And if he's really good then Christian Watson is going to be really good, too, because they are going to play from behind some. He's got talent. He needs somebody to throw the football to. Christian Watson fits right there. Okay, you gave us a running back. You gave us a wide receiver. Give me a tight end and a quarterback, too, on the love list. All right, I will give you a quarterback. Okay, this one's going way down the list here. Uh, this is a... I'm just chasing the pedigree here, Adam, all right? I love to do this. It usually works out for you. Year two quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Go ahead. It's money in the bank. It has been money in the bank for the last decade. So I'm going to take a shot here on a guy that's basically free in drafts, and that's Kenny Pickett. I'm going Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, look, I know he wasn't great last season, but that's not uncommon even for breakout year two quarterbacks, right? A lot of these guys struggle in their first year. Year two is the year where they make a big leap. We've seen that. Trevor Lawrence being an excellent example of that last season. One of the reasons I like Pickett is that if you look a little deeper at that offense last season, they were better. They were an above-average offense in terms of efficiency. The problem was they cannot convert near the goal line. And I think that that uh, is something they're fully aware of and something they can fix this season. You're going to see fewer Chris Boswell field goals uh, this season and more maybe Darnell Washington, who's six foot six, who they drafted. Maybe a little more Allen Robinson, who was one of the most feature targets near the goal line last season. I think those guys will help out. And, and also Pickett runs the ball. He had over 200 rushing yards last season and three touchdowns, and that was playing uh, only 10 full games. So again, I think he was a little better than people realize because the touchdowns weren't there. Year two, better, uh, better offensive line, better targets. I think he's an excellent late round flyer. Interesting. Again. Had a choice on a number two quarterback in my draft that I did yesterday, that same Christian Watson draft, and the choice was Pickett or Bryce Young. 
and I went Bryce Young. You went Bryce, okay. I mean, I, 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 think and I don't know why. <laughs> you know what? I just looked at it. If we had had this conversation, which is why we're having this conversation today, if we had had this conversation before I did that draft, I think I would have gone Kenny Pickett over Bryce Young. Yeah, it's just it's tough with rookie quarterbacks, though. It's year two that you want to be in on them, unless they run, right? That you have to run the ball. And Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are not guys that can add uh, much with their legs. Maybe that changes in the pros. It's possible, but they're probably going to be guys that sit in the pocket a lot. And those guys just don't produce in fantasy in year one. It's, it's really year two guys. So Anthony Richardson, obviously, is going to run a lot. He has more appeal, I think, short-term from a fantasy, pers- uh, fantasy perspective. All right, you got a tight end for me, Mike? I do. Uh, you know, I guess I'll take the the layup on this one, the popular breakout tight end. Uh, I could have went a couple ways here. Jelani Woods is an interesting one, too, in Indianapolis. But I'll go Chig Okonkwo. You know, he's a, he's a hot name for a reason. He didn't play a ton last season, but down the stretch, they started to target him a little bit more, three or four targets a game. Wasn't on the field a lot, but he was still... Kind of hanging in there, putting up some some big efficiency numbers, uh, some decent fantasy games. Austin Hooper's gone in Tennessee, and they just don't have a great wide receiver situation behind Traylon Burke. So I think Okonkwo is going to be featured. And we expect that passing game to be better with Ryan Tannehill under center, right? I mean, it was kind of a mess down the stretch last season. So uh, this is a guy they took as a, a, you know, a mid-round flyer. He looked... The part last season, the efficiency was really good, so I'm kind of excited for him. And again, he's not, it's not going to cost you a ton. We're talking 10th, 11th round. Also, I drafted him in that aforementioned <laughs> draft yesterday. We're nailing this. Guy. Got it. <laughs> We're on a similar wavelength here. Similar wavelength. That guy, Conquo, last year was so good and so effective, and I, I'd be surprised if it didn't just continue going on. And if you're not getting... Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or some of these top tight ends. I got. I'll tell you the other guy I took late in the round or late in the draft, I should say, a guy that was just sitting there with my very, very last pick. Total flyer, right? Nothing to lose. Tight end needed a number two tight end. Took Hunter Henry. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, the interesting part about Henry is that Gesicki's there now, right? So, you know, Her- John Hunter Henry, Smith like, is gone. John o. Smith he, is gone. He is. He is. But if you look at the splits last season, Henry uh, with Henry and John, when John was out of the lineup, those were all of Henry's good fantasy games. When John was there, uh, he was basically blocking a lot and wasn't very good. Now you bring in Gesicki, who's basically a wide receiver, right? He's going to handle he a lot is. of that pass catching. So that bothers me a little with Henry. Uh, you know, I, it's a, again, it's your last pick. It's a fine flyer. Maybe he scores, you know, five, six, seven touchdowns and bails you out. But uh, that one, I, I, I have Henry's projection down. I think it's even less than what he did last season. Okay, in this well, then, then my last pick won't be sticking around very long. That's all. Just a flyer. <laughs> I was. We'll see. Hey, I've been wrong many times. I was picking on money and potential and talent, right? Like, that guy, he, he was really, really good early on. I love that guy, and he just never became, at least not so far, the premier elite tight end I thought he had the chance to become. So we'll see if he can take the next step in the Bill O'Brien offense this upcoming season. All right, guys, you're fading, and being that you gave me a running back, a wide receiver, a quarterback, and a tight end. I'm going to ask you to fade a guy in each category here. I was not anticipating asking you to do that, Mike, and I apologize, but give me a fade in each area. All right, fair enough. Uh, actually, it's funny time. I have a column coming out with uh, a roundtable with Field where we talk about exactly this. So uh, these guys are kind of top of mind. Um, so I'll go with, and again, remember, this is, you know, guys – that maybe if they fell far enough, I would consider, right? It's not just a full cross-off, but a lot these guys are going too early for me right now in early drafts. Uh, and I'll start with Michael Pittman. 
you know, this is a guy that I liked going into last year, and he had a fine season for the most part. He was okay, right? He was startable in fantasy. Didn't kind of get over the top like I had hoped. Uh, and part of that was, of course, their quarterback problems. But look, he saw the volume. He was on the field a ton. Uh, he got he was near the top of the wide receiver leaderboard in snaps, routes, targets, set a career high in catches, end zone targets, all that. So that opportunity was there. Adam, he had two top 12 fantasy weeks. That's just, it's not going to cut it. And now you move to a running quarterback. Again, remember, year two, from a passing perspective, year two is the year for quarterbacks. You know, Anthony Richardson is going to have some trouble. It's going to take him some time to become a, a competent NFL quarterback. It's just the nature of the beast with rookie quarterbacks. And he's going to scramble a lot. They're going to run the ball a lot. I have them projected for over 100 fewer pass attempts than they had last season. There's just a lot of reasons to not buy into Pittman at his ADP. It's just too early. There's too many other more reliable, productive wide receivers in that range. What is his ADP right now? Uh, so right now, I, I just actually just pulled the latest. In 12-team leagues, he is going in the fifth round. So that's too rich. So maybe fifth or sixth in a 10-team league. Just I have him buried be, behind a ton of guys in that fifth, sixth, seventh round range. I took Pittman last year. And while I think he's a great player, did not enjoy that experience a tremendous amount last year. Yeah, two top 12s. It was uh, it was disappointing. He was just like one of them guys you sort of had to start as your wide receiver three, but you just didn't feel great about it. It wasn't There just was no upside. No, and to your point, this year it could be even more difficult with a quarterback who likes to run as much as he throws, and so that becomes a little bit challenging. How about a running back you're fading based on his ADP, his average draft position, Mike? Mm. All right, so uh, I could I could go a couple ways with this one. I'm gonna go, go, go a couple of ways. Yeah, I could. I, you could we could go Cam Akers. Um, you know, there's there's a, a bunch of interesting names here, um, but I'm gonna give you a, a kind of a bold call here, and that is Josh Jacobs. And okay. this is a guy who we were on last year. Everyone was off Josh Jacobs because of Josh McDaniels, right? He was gonna have a committee. Jacobs wasn't gonna see the ball much. He's not good in the passing game. Everyone was off of him, and he fell so far. He became one of the best values in drafts last year. But here's the thing. He had 340 carries last season, almost 400 touches. And if you look back at league history, especially in the last decade, that is tough. I mean, really, really tough. If you look at, uh, let's see, uh, all 20 running backs with 300-plus carries since 2011 finished top 12 in fantasy points. 17 of them, 20, were top 5. Only eight were top 12 the next season. Only four were top five again. It was like their total fantasy points between the uh, 20 running backs was basically cut in half. So that scares me because we've just seen this time and time again. These guys get these huge workloads and cannot do it again the next season. So this is a guy we're talking about going in round two right now. It just feels risky after all that volume. You mentioned you could go a couple of different ways to the running back position. You mentioned Cam Akers. Uh, are you shying away from Cam Akers in L.A.? I, you know, the thing is, is, is round six ADP is making him more palatable right now, and and the Rams are saying all the positive things, but I'm just scared. I'm just scared after what happened last season. I loved him. Remember during the marathon we were talking him up, and <laughs> he looked like such a value play, and here comes the big breakout, and then uh, he barely played. You know, he barely played. He was gone from the, the team for a month. It just went so poorly, and then, of course, he was a top five fantasy run, or top ten fantasy running back over the final month of the season uh, and got back somewhat in our good graces. But I'm just scared that one false step and he's going to yeah. be, you know, back out of the lineup. And that scares me. But I don't know if you remember this from last summer, but I did not draft Cam Akers anywhere based on things yep. that I had learned and heard and whatnot. 
And he did come on, and he did salvage his season, and he did turn things around. So I think he's got a chance to be a really good back. But going into the year, the vibes, if you will, around him were no good. Mm-hmm. And the vibes around Kieran Williams were great. I drafted Kieran Williams with my last pick in every draft I did, and I was all fired up based on everything that I had heard about him. And then in the opening game, on the opening <laughs> the kickoff. kickoff in the opening yeah. game, I don't know whether he broke his foot or he, he, he pulled a calf muscle. He did something where he missed like six to eight weeks, and I was so pissed off about that because I was all in on that guy, and I still believe that guy last year would have turned out to be potentially, potentially, their number one back, would have had a chance. Now, the thing is, I have no idea if a guy like that can do it again. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? Is he injured? I don't know, right? But that would be another great last pick candidate, and it would be so like me. I can't tell you how often this happens, Mike. You want to take the guys that I take the year after I take them. Because I'm always a year early on these guys. Uh And last year I had Kieran Williams everywhere. And this year I probably won't have much of him. And that means he's in for a good season. Yeah, I've had that issue with uh, injuries uh, related to running backs in recent years. Saquon Barkley I was on. He had a bad year. Last year I was off. He had a great year. And then last year I was on J.K. Dobbins. He was, you know, still beat up. I was a year too early on him. It looks like he's in good, a good spot this year. It just seems to be a, a repeating trend here. So uh, I'm with you. I had, uh, I had quite a bit of Williams as well stashed because of you. And uh, fortunately, it didn't cost you a lot, right? It was no. an excellent lay flyer, and you can't predict injuries. It was just a, a real tough break there. Uh, yeah, and, and there are so many people that reach out to me. Hey, give me a sleeper. Give me a sleeper, right? And that was the guy that I gave to so many people. And I felt like an idiot when the guy goes down in the opening week and we really never got to see if everything that I heard about the guy was going to be true or not. So that's the way that that went. All right, give me a quarterback to fade and a tight end to fade. Yeah, quarter, quarterback's tough. I mean, my ranks are aligned pretty well with uh, with ADP, but I'll, I'll tell you a guy that's kind of rising as of late and it's getting to be too excessive for me. And we've just talked about him. It's Anthony Richardson, right? He's going in the 10th, you know, sometimes the ninth, eighth round. People are getting really aggressive on getting him because of what he brings to the table as a rusher. The and I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to go that direction. I'm just I'm just not going to do it. I mean, you know, you, eighth round, you're talking Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Uh, Daniel Jones is going in the ninth. Tua was a top six fantasy quarterback last year when he was healthy. He's going in the eighth round. I'd rather go that direction instead of waiting, you know, one more round and taking Richardson. Uh, you know, I know it's not, again, the 10th round is not going to crush you. Ninth round, probably not going to crush you. But I, I just don't see much sense in doing that for a guy that is lacks so much polish as a passer. Is a long way to go in that direction. He may run a lot, and I might look silly here, but it just doesn't seem worth it in that range. So he's probably the guy that I would, based on ADP, I'm shying away from. But uh, I think the ADP board looks pretty good right now. Uh, you know, uh, maybe I could pick apart Trevor Lawrence just because he was so boom bust last season. But and the offensive line is major concerns, you know, in my mind. So you know, him going in the sixth round maybe is another one. But again, no, no major issues with quarterback ADP right now. Well, fading Trevor Lawrence this year that would scare me because he's got an offense that is going to be contingent upon him passing. He's in the second year in the system, got a lot of weapons around him. You know, I'm not telling you that he'll measure up to that value. I don't know that yet as it compares to other quarterbacks, but I think he's going to have a good year. So it's mm-hmm. hard to bypass that at a certain spot. We mentioned other players you'd fade at the tight end position. Give me a tight end, a tight end that you'd fade. 
Ah, oh, this one, I may regret this one, but I'm going to go to the 49ers offense. Uh, I'm going, I'm going George Kittle on this one. Uh, don't, don't love him in the sixth round. Uh, it's not, again, it's not, uh, awful, but you know, last year, a big reason why he ended up, you know, as ending up as a solid fantasy tight end was because he had 11 touchdowns, right? It was just an enormous number. Uh, it was more than triple his career touchdown rate. It's just not something that's sustainable. And I looked a little closer at the games when it was Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel together, right? When did they have those big four on the field, and what did that look like in terms of touch distribution? And it was not great. You know, 4.2 targets per game, 10.2 fantasy points per game for Kittle. Mm. He would have been eighth at tight end. So it's still, you know, it's still a back-end tight end one. That's fine. But he didn't quite have that huge ceiling he did when other guys were out of the lineup. And there was a lot of issues like that for them during the season, especially with Debo Samuel. So I think Kittle kind of settles in as maybe a mid-range to back-end tight end one, not the top three contender that he's been for quite a while. So uh, again, not not a not a super uh, you know bold take by any means, but just a guy that I don't think I'm going to be drafting much this season. Well, here's the interesting part about George Kittle. There are certain players that are great fantasy players and not great football players. And there are certain players who are great football players, but not as great at fantasy. George Kittle is a great football player, but when it comes to fantasy, boom bust and not a great fantasy football player. He's just not as good in fantasy as he is in real life. He's more valuable to the 49ers than he's going to be to our rosters if you draft the guy based on his draft value and his draft position. So I understand the George Kittle one completely. And last year I didn't draft him and he did great for the 49ers, but he wasn't great for fantasy football people. Yeah, those guys just scare me with the touchdowns, right? I mean, guys that score a ton like that and they're way off the reservation, you know, leading the NFL and touchdown rate and you know they they tend to come back to earth and and oftentimes those sort of guys are overvalued and and the opposite as well right guys that don't score uh, a lot of touchdowns and have bad luck tend to bounce back in a big way uh Deontay Johnson may be a great example of that right he had eight touchdowns two years ago was probably a little bit overvalued right uh, and I had him projected for four last year he scored zero he set the record for catches without a a single touchdown and now he's over, now he's underrated right now you can jump back in on Deontay Johnson who I think will be back in that top 20 conversation so that's one of them it's so hard anymore to get an advantage in fantasy football they just the analysis is getting better and better and better but that's one area where I think you could still take advantage and we mentioned the word sleeper in relation to Kieran Williams from last year. And you mentioned some guys that you love and are drafting this year. But I'm curious if you have a few names that people could have on their boards for later in the draft who you happen to like, who you think could fit that proverbial word sleeper when there obviously are a lot of factors that go into that and it's really contingent upon draft value. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I would say, you know, speaking of, I almost brought this guy up when you were talking about uh, Kyron Williams, uh, Rashawn Johnson in Chicago is a really interesting one to me. This could be a breakout offense, right? I mean, could Justin Fields be this year's Jalen Hurts, perhaps? And they maybe they open up the offense more, they added more skill guys for him, and they start scoring points and producing like they did toward midseason last year. Well, Rashawn Johnson's a flyer they took in the fourth round. Uh, this is a big running back who has the ability to catch the football, and this is a depth chart that is wide open. There's no more David Montgomery. It's Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, Travis Homer. There's a lot of names there, but no clear number one. So Rashawn Johnson I've drafted quite a bit. as a lot, again, late pick, 14th round, throw a dart, see what happens there. Uh, I like him. 
Um, and how about how about this one? I, this is a guy I haven't really heard uh, many people talking about, but I find really interesting, uh, w- which is Rondale Moore in Arizona. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is gone, so the wide receiver depth chart is Marquise Brown, who I love, another guy who's under- underrated, and then Rondale Moore, and then it's a third-round rookie, Michael Wilson, or Greg Dortch, who was basically Rondale's backup last season. I mean, there is a ton of volume there for the taking. Moore had a lot of double-digit target games when he was healthy last season. Former second-round pick. Zach Ertz also coming off a torn ACL. When is he going to be back? Uh, And I know Kyler has the ACL, and he might miss a huge chunk of this season. But, you know, they have to throw the ball 40 times somewhere. And it's not just going to be Hollywood Brown. I think Rondale's in a really, really good position here if he could stay healthy. I heard you mention that you studied some data on some of the running backs and some of the things. Are there any lessons that you've gleaned in pouring over your data and statistical information that are applicable to this year's fancy drafts? Any things that just stand out to you, like not drafting a running back early, like Mm -hmm. loaded at wide receiver, like quarterbacks are abundant, whatever it may be, what are some of the ideas, trends that stand out to you for people who are going to be drafting their fancy football teams in the coming weeks? Yeah, I think something that was interesting to me is when I was doing some injury research is that, you know, last year I think many people view as a little bit of a, a disappointment at running back, right? And it was actually a really healthy year at running back. So think about that. I mean, the fact that it was a good injury year and kind of underwhelming and we don't feel super great about some of these top guys, even like Jonathan Taylor missed time last year, but the other guys for the most part held up. Uh, but it, it still, it just feels like there's so many question marks. Like, who are the league winners last year at running back? Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, they were mid-round picks. Again, in a healthy year for that position. So that makes me even more confident going back to wide receiver uh, early in the first round. Like, if, if you're on the clock with the first overall pick, I say take Justin Jefferson. And normally, I'm going to lean toward a standout feature back running back. That's not the case this year, right? I think there's just question marks with all of these running backs. And you're perfectly fine taking a superstar, high floor, high ceiling, Justin Jefferson, who, by the way, left touchdowns on the field last year. You know, he, he based on his opportunity, he should have been in the double digit touchdowns and he scored eight. So there's actually room for growth for one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen to start his career. So uh, I, I, that's my pick. I don't know about you, Adam, but when I, if I have that first overall pick, it's Justin Jefferson for me. And by the way, if you're picking in the first round, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, all those guys, fine first-rounders. Well, I'll give you the counter-argument to Justin Jefferson. And I love the guy, and he was on my fantasy team two years ago. Again, one year ahead of the curve. But what I would say there is as talented as he is, as great as he is, and he's as good as anyone in the game today, what makes me a little bit nervous there in terms of drafting him number one overall is I would track his contractual situation. And if that does not get settled by the start of the season, I would be worried about picking him with the number one pick. And I would be worried because if he hasn't gotten paid, if they haven't taken care of him the way that they should, I always worry about a guy like that. If a team's not winning and all of a sudden he's got a hamstring, the hamstrings linger a little bit longer. The calf injuries linger a little longer when you haven't gotten paid because there's so much money that's on the table in front of him. So if he hasn't gotten his new contract yet, by the time the season starts, I might pause, not because he's not worthy of that spot, not because he's not talented, but because there are other dynamics that you have to factor in 
to picking these guys. And if he gets a new deal, I got no issue with him going number one. If he doesn't get a new deal, that is something for drafters to think about as they're mulling their selection in Mm. the coming weeks. That's an interesting one for sure. And by the way, speaking of uh, discoveries I made in the offseason, I thought this this is one of my favorite stats I came across. Over the last three seasons, you look at just offensive touchdowns by team. Number one, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Number two, Josh Allen and the Bills. Number three, Rodgers and the Packers. Four is Brady's Bucks. Fifth is Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Fifth in offensive touchdowns. Over the last three seasons, or actually six since uh, since Cousins joined the team, which is incredible. So it just low-key shows you how how many times they find the end zone in that offense. It's good news for Jefferson. It could be for Jordan Addison, the rookie receiver. It could be for TJ Hawkinson, Alex Madison, who should be the starting running back now. Just something to keep in mind if you're looking for a team to stack in, uh, in the middle of your draft. See, and they've been great, and they've been productive, and they've been reliable. But what I would say is... Okay, is Alexander Madison going to hold up over 17 games, or is somebody like mm-hmm. Ty Chandler going to be able to take some of that work? Is Justin Jefferson going to get that new contract? Is he not? Is Jordan Addison going to emerge? Is he not? Is TJ Hawkinson going to get going to get paid or not? Kirk Cousins in the last year of his contract, if they're not winning, are they going to turn to look at some other quarterback? Like, I mean, there's some questions there that give me a little bit more pause on some of their offensive weapons than there have been in other years, and they've been ultra-reliable and productive. So, again, one of the many fantasy quandaries that we will be debating here in the weeks to come, and I want to thank you very much for your time today, Mike. As we take some time off, we're going to be uh, mulling these issues, and we'll be joining you soon. I appreciate that, Mike. All right, sounds great, Adam. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And there is ESPN's fantasy football guru, Mike Clay, with some tips that hopefully will have you thinking in the coming weeks and help you get ready for your upcoming fantasy draft. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. All right, from fantasy football onto some real football, onto one of the most notable free agents we've seen available at this time of the year, Dalvin Cook, a second-round pick out of Florida State. He's been to the Pro Bowl in each of the last four years. He's now a free agent looking for a new home. And as he looks for a new home, he found some time to talk with us. How you been? I've been good, man. Just just working, getting the shoulder back to where I need to be at so I can go produce. That's about it. The shoulder. You bring that up, right? That, that's been an issue in other years, right? There's always been a question about whether you're going to have it operated on. You finally have the labrum repaired this offseason for an injury that had caused you some problems the last few years. What was the issue and 
Is it fully behind you? And how are you feeling now, Dalvin? Yeah, it, it it was an issue because like you never knew the certainty of my shoulder. Like you never knew if it was come out if if it had come out or not. So just me getting it done, which I posted, got it done a few two years ago, three years ago. I kind of had a plan in my head of how to, you know, get through a season and and get things done and be productive for my team. So I, I had that in my head like every year. But like just being in in this in this business, man, you you got to be accountable and you got to be you got to be available. And I think me getting my shoulders done this offseason and heading into next year was the best thing for me, you know, for whatever team I'm about to be on because I just want to go turn it loose and have fun and be Dalvin Cook. And that's just what I want to do. How much of a difference do you expect that to make this year, being that your labrum will be healthy finally? It's going to be a big difference, man. Not just it being in my head anymore, just me going to just play football and being me. And, you know, like – for people that's going through it, like a similar situation of like you should get your shoulder done or not, like it's always in the back of your head when you take any carry. Like when you get the ball, it's always in your head like my shoulder could possibly come out. So me getting it done, it's like now it's over. Like now I could be Dalvin Cook back to Florida State, Dalvin Cook, and just turn it loose, just be me, and just, just have fun, man. I'm just ready to go have fun. How much did it bother you the last few years? It wasn't really bothering me, like – as far as like pain wise or anything, that like that was never the case. Like it never was never the case of it being like pain wise. It was just the case of like, man, I could it could come out and I have to sit a week, get it back strong, get it back tight. Then I got to come back and you know there's all the questions around that. So it's just like, you know, just not going through that no more is gonna be positive for me. So Dalvin, we are talking here in mid to late June, and I'm curious what it's like to not have a team as we currently record this. At this time of the year, that's a very strange thing. Yeah, it is strange for me. You know, being in Minnesota for the last six years was, it was. I'm grateful. You know, I'm everything. I love Minnesota. The people growed on me. You know, the community growed on me. Everybody in the society. Like, it just was. It was. It was great for me and my family, just to take this next step in life and just to continue this journey of of being a professional football player. I'm looking forward to. It. It's just different. It's a different vibe for me. I just work about myself. I just rehab and spend time with my family. It's been it's been great, man. What will you most remember about your time in Minnesota? The Minneapolis miracle. It was. I was on the sidelines for it my rookie year, but I was literally right there in front of Stephon Diggs when he caught that ball, and he didn't look to go out of bounds at all. He looked looked as dead at the end zone to go score a touchdown, and I'll never forget that in my life. Even though I was on the sideline, I never forget that. That's the one thing that you most remember. That's amazing. Yeah, so he catches the ball right in front of you, right goes in front down, of me and, and scores. Yeah. And what do you do? I, I I just stood there. It was I just stood there. I didn't really know what to do. I just stood there and was like, oh man, like no time on the clock. It was crazy. Like it's one of those things, like like that. I'll tell my kids, like I'll tell my nieces and nephews, like for the, like. For the rest of my time, like I, wow. that's a story right there to be told because I was literally right there in front of them. And what was it like when you got the official word that this team that you had performed for, produced for, was moving on from you, especially at this time of the year, like we talked about? It was something that I, that I kind of anticipated, like you know, just coming off the like out of, out of the season, like, I kind of anticipated like the move happening, just because like the personnel and you know. The way they was where they trying to take the team and you know get things done, the relationship between me 
KO, Quasi, all us is 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 just love. Like I appreciate them, like just just coming in and being the people they was, like, and making sure like Dalvin Cook, the person himself, was was okay every day that I walked in the building. And they make sure that like they good people and everything, man. Like I appreciate them so much. But like the move was anticipated because like me, I'm a three down back and running the ball outside zone, inside zone, this is what I do. Like that's it's like my bread and butter. And that's not they that's not their scheme. You know, they want to get the ball out wide to the guys outside and they and they and they and they and they, they want to just you know toss the ball around. And I, and that's not what I'm I'm looking forward to do. I wanna I want somebody that's gonna ground and pound and you know we're gonna make plays on the outside and I'm gonna help somebody win. And you know that was just the, the move that I anticipated them making. See, I think that's why a lot of people were surprised, Dalvin, because over six years there, you racked up over 7,700 yards. You'd gone to the Pro Bowl in each of the last four years, coming off another Pro Bowl appearance, and here you are in mid-June, released. It just seemed very odd to people trying to figure out why this would happen and why it would happen now. The business side, man. You know, once you, once you, once you, in the inside of, of the game and understand, you know, the business side of, of everything and how everything goes, I kind of I kind of understood where it was coming from, and it was just like this not the move y'all want to make. Like this not this not y'all don't want to pay me as much. Like you know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that, that was the move they wanted to make, and I, and I accepted that. Like you know what I'm saying? My production on the field is all I can control. You know I, I got my agent. Uh, he he does the best job in the world to get me in the best predicament that I could be in, and but that's his job. So my job is to produce and be me and. So that's all I can do right now, and you know I'm I'm sitting in a position right now to where like I'm so comfortable to 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 make a decision. I just want to go contend for a Super Bowl, and that's that's the situation I'm in right now, and you know that's what we're gonna we're gonna take it from. Well, I was gonna ask you. We are recording this on Monday, June nineteenth. What exactly are you looking for as a free agent right now? I'm looking for that value of Dalvin Cook, man. That's, I, if I walk into a situation, it's going to be a situation where I can help somebody go go take that next step of trying to go get the Lombardi Trophy. And that's, and that's that's all I got my mind on. You know, the, the money part is going to come. That's my agent part. Me, Dalvin Cook, I'm looking for somebody that's ready to go win. You know, I could be the piece to go help somebody turn the, turn the page to go to go win and, and turn the franchise to go, go get a Lombardi Trophy. That's all I want. I want to go hold that trophy up. Kiss it one time and, you know, just enjoy my family. And that's, that's all I'm looking for right now. And do you expect to make a quick decision, Dalvin, or do you think that this will be into July and perhaps closer to training camp? Yeah, me and my, me and my agent, we have ongoing conversations every day. I don't know if a quick decision is best for me or a, a waiting decision is long for me. Like, I just want to put my put the teams that that – that really want Dalvin Cook in a perspective. Like, is it a list? Is it like college? Is, it feel like college to me. It feel like I'm picking my team again to, to go go play on scholarship again. So it's like, you know, just just narrowing down that list of, you know, where I want to go, where my family, you know, want to go and, and be at. And I don't know if a quick or a long-term decision is best. So right now I'm just like, every day it could be a decision made, you know, leading up until where I go. Well, what swung it to Florida State back in the day and what could swing it a certain way right now, Dalvin. <laughs> for me, for me, man, is this thing this this thing feels so surreal to where like you know, just not being on the Vikings, just not being on that team. It's kinda like, you no, know, just having that in my head, like I'm not on the Vikings no more. And like 
it just still feels so surreal. So like making this decision, like it's going to be a lot that come with it. And, you know, my family, I have a big factor in it and, you know, I'm just praying on it every night. So any day I wake up, I could be on a different team. I could be on the roster. I'll bet you we haven't had too many times in the NFL offseason in late June where there was a player like yourself or DeAndre Hopkins available. Two players of your caliber who are out there. Very strange. Have you had any contact with him at all? Have you two spoken, exchanged texts, communicated in any way about the fact that you're both oddly now free agents? Yeah, like you said, dynamic player. Like D-Hop, everybody knows who D-Hop is. Like you know what you're getting out of D-Hop, and you know what he's going to bring to your roster. And it's the same for me. Like you know what the film speaks for itself. Like I don't really got to do too much. Like, you know, talking about who Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins is. But we haven't talked. And he was one of those guys that I was going to reach out to because, like, I know he got the same mindset as me. Like, we trying to go win. We trying to get on the roster and trying to go contend. So if we can't end up on the same roster and be on the same team, you know, that would be the beauty of the situation. You know, you we, we know what we're trying to come do and what we bring bringing to the team. So if we end up on the same roster, man, that would be something like – that would be something epic for – for NFL. <laughs> I don't know that that's out of the question. Let's see how that shakes out. It's not. <laughs> it's not, huh? It's not. <laughs> Why do you say that? It's just because, like, I know his mindset, and I, like, I done played against D-Hop a num- numerous amount of times. Like, I done, I done been with D-Hop. Like, we done chilled together. Like, we done, we done been around each other. Like, and it's like, I kind of see the person that he is. Like, he, he want to win. Mm-hmm. And, that's what my mind at too. Like I want to go win. Like the money. Like I said, the money gonna come. Yeah. And that's gonna happen. But like as far as going to lift that trophy up, I think he got the same mindset as me. You shoot him a text. Let's go as a package deal. Right after this, I'm gonna shoot him a text. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Got to sell. I haven't lost his number. I'll sing his number if you need. Yeah, I need that. Send it to me. <laughs> I'll send it to you. You. We're gonna get you his number. You shoot him a text that you want to go in and play together, right? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> that, that'd be kind of funny. My last thing for you, now the fact that you've been released, will that provide any added motivation this upcoming season? You're healthy, your labrum's going to be better, but there was a team that said, essentially, we're moving on from you. What kind of fuel does that provide for you with the upcoming season, Dalvin? That's a great question, man. It, it, it added everything it needed to add it, like, I don't know nothing else I could have did to not be put in this situation. And that and that always come back in my mind, like, what did you do wrong? And I don't think it was a wrong in this situation, but playing good football. And I think, you know, just loving this city, being in this city for six years and, you know, how the people grasp the Dalvin Cook and how they how they embrace me, I think, you know, it's going to be bittersweet leaving. And But, like, as far as the game side, like, it added so much to me, like, just to go keep proving – who Dalvin Cook really is like this? It's just not. It's just not like me being on the Vikings. It's me being put in a situation I could prevail and and just show people like you know I am a three down back. I am, I am still today's running back. You know, just going to put the product on the field, and I think that's all it's about, man. Just going out there producing and and helping somebody win. And I think it added so much to me just not being on the team. Cause why am I not on the team? That's that's just the question. Like that's the biggest question I always ask myself in the back of my head. Like, why am I not on the team? Like, and I, I always tell myself, you did nothing wrong. Just keep working hard, keep being down cook, keep leading in the front, keep setting the example, and everything else gonna come with it. And I just how I approach the situation every day. I wake up. We're well, gonna be 28 years old in August, 
And that's, to me, for a running back, that's like prime, prime years. So I'm prime, you, prime right now. Right? You're primed, huh? <laughs> I'm prime right now. I'm ready to go. Well, I'm ready. We, we look forward to seeing where you're going to wind up. I thank you very much for the time today, Dalvin. Wish you good luck with the decision. And know we'll see big things from you in 2023. Anytime, Adam. Anytime, man. Anytime. I appreciate you. And there is the four-time Pro Bowl running back whom we expect to have a new home relatively soon, certainly in time for training camp. We'll see where Dalvin Cook winds up, but he's going to have options, and somebody will be getting a big-time running back. All right, speaking of big-time performances, how about the one that Wyndham Clark turned in at the U.S. Open this past weekend? Now, here's what I want to point out. He was great, but how great was it to have a major championship playing out in prime time on the East Coast late at night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. And it got me thinking, if the PGA is listening, they should be doing a major, the PGA Championship or the U.S. Open, on the West Coast every single year. Now, we can't do that with Augusta and the Masters, and you can't do that with the British Open, obviously. But you can do it, I would think, with the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open, and I'm sure they've contracted it out years in advance. But the next time there is an opening for some flexibility in the schedule, the next time they're picking a new home for the PGA Championship or the U.S. Open, why not have a major on in prime time? That, to me, is a huge way to grow the popularity of the sport. Let it play out in prime time. It was awesome to be able to watch golf at 10 30, 11 o'clock at night on Friday and Saturday nights back on the East Coast. And to me, that's something that I think would benefit golf in the long term. Again, I don't know the next time they have an opening in the schedule for one of these majors, but if and when they do, make it the West Coast, make it prime time, and watch the popularity of golf grow. All right. We're going to take some time off here the next few weeks because, basically, the NFL has. The NFL has shut down as much as the NFL does shut down, which is not very often and not very much. But NFL teams and players and coaches and front offices, they're away right now, by and large. Now, they're still doing some work wherever they are, but they're shut down now through, I would say, mid-July, and we plan to follow the pattern and plan that they've implemented. So we will rejoin you in this very space here sometime in mid to late July. Until then, we want to thank ESPN's fantasy guru, Mike Clay, for his time and insights today on upcoming fantasy drafts. We want to thank the now, but soon to be with a new team free agent running back, Dalvin Cook, for his time. I want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell and Sarah Abbott, and you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of the summer, July 4th, and we'll be back with the start of NFL training camps. Until then, have a great summer, be well, and stay safe.